Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, for this week, wanted to discuss the NBA Finals, recap um, what happened there, discuss Miami Heat, their next options, um, and then where they go from here, kind of free agent hunting, I guess, and then also obviously discuss the Denver Nuggets and uh, Nicole Jokic and the team there. And I, th- I think potentially it's a, a potential dynasty there, as I discussed in the last episode. Um, so we'll get into that as well. And I guess timing-wise, we'll see if we get into the NBA draft, which is in a couple weeks here. So Denver ends up winning in five games. Um, that last game, though, Miami played a great defensive game. Um, they really uh, they switched everything and kind of roughed up or tried to rough up Nikola Jokic as much as they possibly can. Um, that first half of that this last game, um, they you know they played really well, but then second half they they weren't making shots. They just couldn't find any offense at all. Um, but you know, congratulations to Denver. This is their first championship in uh, the history of the franchise. Um, they've had a lot of good teams over the years, you know, a lot of the Alex English teams, uh, Carmelo Anthony teams, you know, they've been close, but uh, this is their first, this was their first appearance in the NBA Finals. Um, but this team, you know, since the beginning, since uh, the early this year, I was saying that they were very deep, um, you know, and Nikola Jokic was a, a two-time MVP. Personally, he should have been a three-time MVP, and I just hate what... Um, the MVP discussion this year, what it turned into, it turned into a whole like black and white thing, like, you know, people rooting for Embiid, which, you know, Embiid had a good season. I'm not saying that he didn't, but, you know, as we've seen, I know it's a regular season award, but as we've seen in the postseason, every year with Embiid, he's always out of shape. He always ends up being injured and his team's always losing in the second round. And at a certain point, if you're Embiid and there's a process and we're trusting the process, like you're, you're 27 years old already and you haven't made it out of the second round. Like at, at a certain point, we just, we have to ask why, you know? And so he ended up getting the, the MVP this year, which I didn't think he was the MVP. I, I, the whole year I thought it was either Giannis or Jokic, right? But I, it just, the conversation turned into something weird. And I don't think a lot of people actually watched... Uh, or have watched uh, Nicole Jokic play basketball, or the Denver Nuggets play basketball, because they're you know they're in Denver. People forget about Denver, uh, and you know it's in the Mountain Time Zone. People you have to stay up late to watch it if you're on the East Coast, and um, you know it's just like odd hours, so people are just not used to it. And you know, yeah, sure they're kind of boring. Jokic is an American-born player, and um, so he doesn't talk a lot. You know, he's he's not he hasn't mastered the English language yet, so he doesn't say a lot. You know, but um, if you are a, um, a a lover of basketball, you love watching just pure basketball. Whoever's playing, it doesn't have to be the Lakers or or the or the Celtics or anything like that. Then you will love watching Jokic play. If you've never had the chance to to watch him play, and you finally got to watch him play in the NBA Finals, you understand why people kind of go crazy for him when he plays because. It's like he just plays the game so well, like so interestingly, uh, well that it's um, it's just fun to watch. Like he, I mean, he's a giant, he's a giant person, right? But then you know he'll get the rebound and he'll run the floor like a point guard, and then 
the just his passing ability, his his court vision is insane. Like the passes that he makes are just incredible. Um, he always finds open man. His assists, he's always high in assists, and he's a great rebounder, and he's a great shooter too. He, he'll he'll hit threes. He he has great low post moves. Um, his only um, the only part of his game that's lacking is his his defense, right? But he can play good team defense, kind of like how Steph Curry plays good team defense, but, you know, one-on-one isolation. He's not a great defender, but opposing defenses, opposing teams are going to have to, they have to know how to stop him, right? How to minimize his passes to to, um, to open, open teammates because, you know, he's down low, right? And everyone that plays with him, you know, Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, uh, Bruce Brown, uh, KCP, you know, these guys, like, they just have to get open, basically, and he's going to find the open man, right? Like, just the way he passes, defense is going to collapse on him, as we saw in, in the in the final series. You know, then he's going to get doubled up, sometimes tripled up, and then people are just at the three, or they're cutting, and then Jokic is just going to find the open man. Like, easy, right? And so he does that so much, so it's like, you, you can't really defend that at all. And then with Jamal Murray, the way that they he plays, like, he's like, it's like the best duo in the NBA right now because just the way that Murray plays and then their pick and roll with with Murray and Jokic like uh, Jokic playing inside and out with his shooting ability close to the basket and then at the three-point line and then Murray his ability to drive to the hole but then also he he can shoot from three too so they could beat you anyway right so then if you decide to also collapse or double up on Murray then you're then you know you have Jokic right there and then you're beat but then their third or fourth option, you know, you have Michael Porter Jr., who's their third option, who, you know, he had a tough series, but, you know, he's kind of up and down as far as shooting the ball, but he can score. And, you know, he had a great series, too, as far as rebounding goes, because he's not, you know, coming out of college, coming out of Missouri, he wasn't a big, he wasn't like a defender, and he was definitely wasn't a rebounder, but, um, and wasn't a, a consistent three-point shooter, but now he's a better shooter, a better rebounder. He's a better teammate, it seems like, and a better a, a better team player for sure. And then you have Aaron Gordon, who, you know, uh, he was a lottery pick for Orlando. You know, he won. He was, like, supposed to be the face of the franchise in Orlando, right? But um, Orlando was, like, not the right place for him at all. And, you know, this happens with a lot of players, too, is, like, they get drafted by, you know, the worst team in the league. But they might not be at the level that they need to be to be be able like skill wise and like maybe maturity wise not saying it's it's maturity wise for Aaron Gordon I don't know him but I'm just saying in terms of you know a talent and all that stuff like are you do you have the ability in your game to be able to um like be the focal point of an offense right like are you the main guy there or do you have the ability to do that and I, I just didn't see that in Orlando like he wasn't meant to be you know a number one option for you know a struggling franchise like Orlando um, and also his defense wasn't there but then as we've seen this whole playoff run like I just I just think Aaron Gordon needs more credit because Denver traded for him right uh, was this last year or the year before and there was a lot of uh, I feel like there was a lot of team chemistry issues you know because he came from being like the main guy on a team and then now he's like the third or fourth option and with that you know you'd like you want your touches you feel like 
you should have more plays run for you and stuff. And, you know, credit to Mike Malone, too. Uh, or he likes to be called Michael Malone. Michael Malone, credit to him. You know, he's he's a, a, a lifelong coach, right? His dad was a, as a coach in the NBA for a long time. And, and Mike Malone or Michael Malone has been uh, an assistant for a lot of head coaches in the league and then finally got a chance at the Denver Nuggets. And this is why I say coaching is important and continuity is important. You have the same coach for all these years. You have the same players, like the same core pieces for so long, like uh, Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray. But, you know, then you bring in Aaron Gordon, who's used to being, you know, the main guy. And he had to really adapt and learn that, um, you know, he can't, He's he doesn't have to carry the torch in Denver, you know, Jokic is the guy, Jamal Murray's the guy, and he just needs to play within his role, and the ball will find him, right? And if he excels in his role, like you, you guys could be champions. And um, you know, his his defense, this whole series was great. He he played great defense on KD, LeBron, um, Jimmy Butler. They had Jimmy Butler. He had Jimmy Butler this whole series, and. Jimmy Butler, you know, he was gassed, uh, which we'll get into uh, the Miami Heat here soon. But um, Aaron Gordon was able to minimize him, you know, and so good, good for Aaron Gordon too. Like I'm happy for him because you know I I watched him play um, when I was at Oregon State. He was at uh, University of Arizona, and they were like top ranked. And then there was one game where I was there in the stands, and uh, the Beavers were so close to beating them when I think they were ranked. Arizona was ranked like number three or something. And he just like, Aaron Gordon just like disappeared in like the last five minutes of the game. And the Beavers that year, they just had a terrible team. Like they had no business being close to uh, to beating the number two or number four team, whatever it was that year. But they were like, Arizona's ranked high and the stadium was packed. I'm like, okay, let's see. Like this Aaron Gordon guy was supposed to be a lottery pick. So we're watching it. And, you know, he, like, the last five, six minutes, he just disappeared, wasn't making shots. Like, he seemed like the moment was too big for him. I'm like, dude, you're in Corvallis, Oregon right now playing the Oregon State Beavers. Like, calm down, you know. But so there was, like, a maturity level that he had to he had to get to, which it seems like he's gotten to that level now in Denver. He has, like, he's just, like, a different, a completely different player and seems like, um, he really took on that defensive role there with the team. And, you know, Denver's not a, a great uh, defensive team. But, you know, this game and this series, like, they really were able to, to lock down uh, the Miami Heat. Even though, you know, the Miami Heat didn't have a lot of options offensively. Like, they had a really string together, like, good plays to be able to to get some, some points on the board. They had a, a really, um, uh, you know, be deceptive in a lot of things. But... Um, yeah, so good for Aaron Gordon, and then um, you know, the, just more on the the Michael Porter Jr. situation. You know, this is I think this is his fifth year in the league, and he was supposed to be like he was projected to before his like back injury. He had this like weird back injury, but he was projected to be like the number one pick. You know, um, and then he went to Missouri, and he was only there for a year, but he only played like nine games because he had severe back injuries and now he's playing with like a metal rod in his back or something there was some character issues so in that draft he fell i think it was to nine or ten uh and then he fell to the denver nuggets but at the time i remember thinking like okay like michael porter jr he could be a great piece for them offensively 
Uh, definitely needs to work on his defense and work on his outside shot, which he did work on his outside shot. But but then he could also like he, he could potentially not play for the team like at all because his crazy back injuries and he had a lot of injuries. But I was thinking well, like he only played one he barely played one year at, at Missouri. So and he's young enough like if they can just rehab him for like the first two years and if he doesn't play he can he has enough time to. Uh, to mature because, you know, the Nuggets already had Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic, so they weren't really relying heavily on Michael Porter Jr. to have, you know, to play 30, 35 minutes a game and to, you know, average 25 and 10 or whatever. Like, he wasn't there to be the face of the franchise. So at the time, I was thinking, like, well, that's actually a really smart pick for Denver. I think it was 13, actually, when they picked him. I'm just doing this off the dome, but... um yeah, when they when they made that pick, I was thinking like that's a great pick because they don't they could just give him time on his own to like fully rehab and to fully mature, and then when he's ready, then they could just slowly bring him in, and then kind of see what they have in him because they don't need him to be the number one or the number two star or even the number three star because they brought in Aaron Gordon, and so he could be the either the third or fourth or whatever the fourth option or the third option. And so they gave him that time, and it slowly, you know, came to fruition. And we saw, maybe not in the finals, maybe in the finals as far as like rebounding goes, but during the entire playoffs, like his his three point shot was there, at hitting, and he was he was good offensively. Um, but I thought that was just like a a, a great um, great pick by the GM Calvin Booth, because you know a lot of people liked him, but it was like they they didn't want to take that risk, right? Um, so yeah, that was that was a good move, and then the whole Jamal Murray pick too. Just the way he plays, um, he you know he tore his ACL a couple years ago. Um, he had that bubble run uh, when they made it to the conference finals against the Lakers. Like he was insane in that bubble run. Do you remember that series against the Utah Jazz where went to seven games? Him and Donovan Mitchell were just going back and forth, and they had like back to back like fifty and forty five point games, and it was just a, a just a point guard. Um, duel that was just amazing to watch um yeah so Jamal Murray has had his moments he hasn't made an all-star game yet but you know he's been injured the last couple years and you know we saw Jokic win the MVP when they had he was down like three starters like Michael Porter Jr. was out Aaron Gordon was out and uh Jamal Murray was out but you can still see that this team was still competitive enough to make the playoffs right and they lost in the I think it was the, they lost the first round to the Warriors, but um, but yeah, back on Jamal Murray now, you know he was basically out for like two years, right? And so it took a, a long time for him to like really come into form as who he is as a player. I mean, even this year, it was he didn't come back until was it December, January, something like that. But he was still trying to get under his legs under him, kind of like how Clay Thompson was with the Warriors last year, but you know. Instead of uh, being the shooting guard, not having the ball in your hands that much, you know, Jamal Murray was a starting point guard and consistently had the ball in his hands and was like running the offense. So, like, they really needed him to get going. Um, it was kind of it was a slow pace there for him, but um, everything started clicking at the right time. Everyone started going, getting along, and going well together offensively. Um, and then now they're NBA champions because of it. So, yeah, definitely congratulations to Denver. Uh, very happy for Denver because I was I was on Denver a few years ago. I didn't I didn't think they were I didn't they weren't my first pick to win this year, but 
I was there was like two teams that I was like, okay, these are the next two teams that I think are gonna win um, the next championships, or they're gonna be like the next like great teams. And one of them I'm right about, which was the Denver Nuggets. The other one I sound so stupid, but I'm gonna say it again. It was the Utah Jazz. I was like so high on the Utah Jazz at the time with uh, Donovan Mitchell and and Rudy Gobert, and then they had uh, Joe Ingles and um, Mike Conley and um, who else they have uh, Jordan Clarkson. Like I was just so high on that team, and I was also because they were you know they were consistently like top three in the West like record wise, and also Denver. And I was like okay, I th- I'm like I think Denver and Utah those are gonna be the two teams that you know, and then the next few years they're just gonna be consistently like battling it out in the western conference finals and then like whoever's going to the championship like they're gonna win the championship and all this i was like in on those two but uh so yeah i sound ridiculous with the utah jazz but hey the denver nuggets though they're all like right there in their prime like the main guys are in their prime Jokic like 27 um aaron gordon's like 27 too and i think um jamal murray's like 26 Michael Porter Jr., he's was he got to be like 24 now because he was like 18, 19 when he came in the league. So he's around there. So they're all still young, under contract. And then Michael Malone is still there. You have some pieces like Bruce Brown. He can hit big shots. He can do a lot of things for you. And then also um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Like this team is deep, right? They have a lot of guys. They could, they could do a lot of things offensively. Uh, and then them being still being under contract, still being young, uh, this is this is the next dynasty. You know, maybe they won't repeat and win next year because I want to see what else, what other teams in the in the West uh, get a little stronger. I want to see what Phoenix does as far as like the role players and like how do they build that roster around uh, Kevin Durant and and Devin Booker. I want to see what the Warriors do because uh, you know I think Steph Curry is still at the peak of his powers. I want to see what the Lakers do with LeBron just trying to just trying to get every ounce, last ounce of of uh, ability out of LeBron before he retires so i i want to see that but the team that has no question marks right now is the denver nuggets all these other teams in the west have massive question marks like what do you do with with clay and draymond what do you do with um d'angelo russell and the roster around lebron and and ad and what do you do with the clippers guys what do you do with Kawhi leonard and and paul george like it's just a lot of uh of uh, questions there for a lot of these teams and um, the Denver Nuggets are the ones that have been consistent roster wise and consistent coaching wise, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be there again next year. It's really hard to repeat, so that's why I won't say now like, oh yeah, they're <clears throat> they're my favorite to repeat. But you know, there's no reason why they shouldn't be be a team that can make you know consistent deep runs in in the playoffs now. Because now my thing was uh, my thing for this year like why I didn't pick them like originally was because like you know they i hadn't seen them you know with a deep run in the playoffs the last time was during the bubble year and you know that was a long time ago that was before jamal murray got injured and you're you know you don't have to go away on the road and play in la or play in golden state or in memphis or whatever so that was my thing is that i haven't seen them do it before if there's a team that um, that they're contenders, but I haven't seen them do it before yet in the playoffs or like go on a deep run. Then I don't, I, I have a hard time picking them because once you, once you've like gone over that hump, then you can do it again. And cause you know what it takes, right? But if you haven't done it yet, you know, and you're kind of in like the last few seconds or last few minutes of a game, 
you might not be there like maturity wise, right? You might not be ready for the moment because the moment could be too big for some guys, right? And we've seen that. We've seen that happen a lot of times. And I know I didn't mention Memphis as a contender because I, I don't know what's happening with John Morant, which we'll find out probably in, in the coming days. We'll hear from Adam Silver, but he might miss like 30 games. And if he misses 30 games, then then what happens there? Like they have a huge maturity problem. This is why I never picked Memphis was because like they I, they haven't done it before. Make it a deep run in the playoffs. And that's why with these younger teams who have great players, like that's why you have to kind of tread lightly as far as making a pick for them to win the championship. But um, I think Denver's the next the next dynasty. I think like with their roster construction right now, their age, their coaching, the contracts, the way everything lines up right now, because they can they can keep that team together. They could there's no they could win two more championships, and they could they could get three I think, and within like the next five years I can see that happening. But it definitely in the West like they could definitely win the West like those years because you have LeBron aging now, and as I mentioned all these other players and. And Steph, who, who knows how many years he has left, and um, nothing's happening with the Clippers, and you know who knows with the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies might blow that up, right? The Kings are, the Kings are a rising team, um, at that you know that they got that playoff experience under the belt, so they might be, you know, the upper echelon of Western Conference teams. But the only teams I feel like that, um, that the the Denver Nuggets will like have a problem with are on the East, and the only one. For me, is the Milwaukee Bucks. I still believe in Milwaukee. I'm still banging the drum on Milwaukee because I feel like the last two years they've gotten um, hosed as far as injury wise goes. Right, like they they lose Giannis during that se- the series against the Heat, which if he's healthy, I think they beat the Heat. Right, and then the year before they lose Chris Middleton, and then they lose to the Celtics, who make the NBA Finals. So back to back years, they've had a starter get injured. Uh, Giannis, and he gets injured because he. And then both teams that they lose to make the NBA Finals. So this year the Heat, after Giannis goes down, then last year after Middleton goes down, the Celtics make the NBA Finals. So those both these years it could have been Milwaukee, and I think Milwaukee is another team that uh, that can beat uh, the Denver Nuggets for sure. But based on my correct criteria of you know of best player in the NBA, it has to be. Nikola Jokic now because I always believe whoever is the the finals MVP and they win the championship that year they get the whole year of being the best player in the league with a few exceptions the exceptions being Andre Iguodala in 2015 he wasn't the best player in the NBA after he won that it was still LeBron James even though Steph Curry should have won the finals MVP and then also which what was it uh, 2012 is that when uh, Kawhi Leonard won he wasn't the best player in the world at the time it was still LeBron James um but yeah, so just with those exceptions, but so Nikola Jokic, he was the best player on the court uh, the entire series. They won the finals. He won finals MVP, so he's the best player in the in the league. But in the discussion, I still think it is Steph Curry uh, and Giannis for sure. And um, I, don't, I don't think Luka because we haven't seen him. We've seen him go to the conference finals, but then they got swept. So we haven't seen him like go deep in there. Uh, but th- that's, those are my three right there in the conversation. Um, I'll entertain uh, Kevin Durant and maybe LeBron in the top five, um, but that would be it. And okay, so switching gears here to um, the Miami Heat. So for the Heat, you know, this is they should be extremely proud of the the season they had because I mean I didn't even have them making the playoffs. I had 
Um, I had no belief in them at all because of the aging roster. I'm just like, well, where are they going to get their offense? But they ha- we've seen people blossom here with this team. You know, Duncan Robinson had a resurgence after he was unplayable last year. Um, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess. So they had, you know, a number of guys, you know, undrafted players that were helping the team, you know, offensively. Um, but they just ran out of gas. You know, they didn't have that. They were having to rely on a lot of people. Um, you know, meanwhile, Denver had, you know, Jokic and Murray that can close out the game, but um, Miami didn't have that, but uh, they had an incredible run, just a magical run, I think, uh, for who they had to beat. You know, they beat uh, Boston and they, and you know, they're up 3 0, and then they, then they're, they have to go to game seven, but they still won. Uh, they beat uh, Milwaukee, like just, you know, and they were, no, they were a play in team, and you know, they had, they dealt with a lot of injuries, you know, they lost. Oladipo, and then they lost um, Tyler Hero, who, you know, he was healthy enough to play this game, but didn't play at all. You know, they got uh, Kevin Love from, uh, you know, on a buyout deal from uh, Cleveland. You know, so a lot of stuff happened, um, but for them to make it this far, you know, Denver was head and shoulders better than them, more talented than, than them, deeper and everything, but uh, just the way that they play, Miami plays, you know, defensively, the way that they're coached, um, you know, the mentality of Jimmy Butler and, and Bam at a bio. Bam, you know, he had a, he had a great um, postseason run as well. You know, I just think they, they just ran out of gas. You know, they were just so worn out from how many games that they had to play and, um, you know, how much Jimmy Butler was putting on his body. You know, he... Every round, he was. It was like he was getting worse and worse. You know, the fir- first games against um, Boston, you know, he was really, you know, he had a couple fifty-point games and he was really hot and he couldn't be stopped. Um, but this series, he struggled a lot. You know, Aaron Gordon was great on him defensively, as I mentioned earlier. But uh, you know, this game, he only had twenty-one points, eighteen shots, only made five shots. You know, he did struggle. They needed like insane jimmy butler you know jimmy butler is going to score 50 points he's just going to take every shot um and he is a star um he's the leader of this team along with uh eric spolstra but they should all be proud of of what they did and what they accomplished because it was amazing like everybody doubted them but i love the mentality of the miami heat the front office the coaching staff um all the players that they have there just love love the Miami Heat and what they stand for and what they display, the toughness, the mental toughness that they showed of who they are as, as players and as people is just, um, it's amazing. And I think anybody uh, would be lucky to play for uh, Eric Spolstra and to play for this Miami Heat organization because um, I'm just I'm just incredibly proud of them for what they accomplished and how far they, they, they made it this year. Um, I mean, even that bubble run, Jimmy Butler's bubble run again, and then they, where they lost against the Lakers, they're completely overmatched against the Lakers in that series too. But you know, they made it six games, and Jimmy Butler with that, you know, that famous meme where he's just like so tired, where he's like just stopping for a second to breathe. It's just he just puts so much on himself. But um, you know, they, they have a lot of options. I think you know they're obviously they're they're kind of short offensively like they need something else there i think they re-signed gabe vincent they probably bring back most of those guys that they have but i think they need to go star hunting 
Um, I think Damian Lillard is a guy. I don't know who they trade for Damian Lillard. It would have to be, you know, Tyler Hero, like maybe um, one of these younger guys and like a, a couple first round picks. But if they had a point guard like Damian Lillard, who's, you know, early 30s, you know, he he's at the top of his game right now. Um, he could definitely help them offensively. He's not good defensively, but you have Jimmy Butler there. Because yeah, I don't think Jimmy, I think Jimmy Butler, he can't be the number one guy anymore, right? He has to, he likes to get his other t- his teammates involved. He likes to, he likes to get the best out of his teammates. He needs other guys that he can, that can, you know, he can rely on as well. And I think Damian Lillard would be a great one. They tried to get Kevin Durant, but um, that didn't end up happening. I would have loved to see Kevin Durant uh, in Miami. Um, there was also rumors about Kyrie Irving. I don't think Kyrie Irving would fit the uh, Miami Heat culture because um, Kyrie Irving he it sounds like he wanted to stay in Dallas but then also Houston's going to make a run at him if they they're unable to bring back uh, James Harden but then yeah there was a rumor that um, the Miami Heat had offered uh, Brooklyn a trade they had put a, together a trade package right before um, Brooklyn decided to trade him to Dallas so he would have been a Miami Heat um, and that would have been that would have been interesting if he bought in. I'm not sure. I think you know, offensively, obviously, he would have helped him out uh, more so than um, than Kyle Lowry. But Gabe Vincent, the way the way that Gabe Vincent grew as a player was amazing. Like I'm not saying he's Kyrie Irving, but he just fit the identity of, of that team. And would Kyrie Irving be susceptible to like? Would he be? Would he be open to being coached? You know, because Spolstra's a he's a tough coach, and you know he he gets the best out of his players and the most out of his players but would Kyrie Irving be able to take that on you know um I think Damian Lillard would you know Damian Lillard is uh I think he's a better player than Kyrie Irving personally um he's available you know he wants to play and he's he's a great teammate but um there's already reports that uh the Miami Heat are going to go out and and um go you know hunt for some stars in the free agent market or or via trade because i think you have to keep the pieces together for what you have as far as bam goes jimmy butler and um you know maybe caleb martin or max Struess, one of these other guys but you could probably offload um duncan robinson tyler hero because tyler hero missed a lot of, missed a lot of time and he's probably like the most valuable person outside of jimmy butler and um Bam out of bio as far as trade value goes. Um, so I'm, I expect them to look a little bit different. Like, you know, last year they finished with the number one seed in the East. And then this year, you know, as these stars, these players on that roster age, they need to bring in somebody a little bit younger to, because, you know, Jimmy's now at 34. So how many years does he have left to, you know, at this level that he plays? Right. But um, yeah, so we'll see what happens with the Miami Heat. But there's a lot of ways that they can pivot this team. Um, and yeah, but they should be, they should be proud. I, and I, and I love this series. A lot of people were, were kind of down on the series cause it was only five games, but I'm, I'm happy that it's, you know, between two different teams. I know we see the Miami heat a lot, but the way that this, uh, Miami heat team is constructed, you know, you wouldn't have expected it. So it was kind of, it was kind of great to see, but, um, you know, maybe next year it'll be like Denver and Milwaukee. Like I'm, like I've been talking about. So we'll see Giannis and Jokic in the post battling it out, which would be great. But, um yeah i think it was still a fun series even though it was only five games but uh yeah that's all we have for this week's episode i will be back i will try my hardest to be back next week i have um i have two finals that i have to take i'm gonna take a final right after uh, this podcast ends and then i have another one tomorrow 
and then I have two weeks off and then I take summer classes and then yeah but I'm only taking two summer classes so I should have more time to uh, do more podcasts and also to live my life and to catch up on some shows and some movies and stuff like that but yeah thanks for joining me